0: The Aussies wallop the Windies, so what are the learnings? Australian selectors show their hand ahead of the T20 World Cup. What does winning captain Aaron Finch think about the squad? And Michael Clarke gives us his take on a few of the modern day greats as Kane Williamson brings up twin tons in New Zealand. Let's go around the wicket. And welcome to a brand new edition of Around the Wicket. I'm Neralee Meadows. Back again is Callum Ferguson and Aaron Finch. Michael Clark, to join us shortly. The West Indies all out for 86. The Aussies got it done within seven overs in the chase. One word to describe that performance from the Windies, Cal? Deplorable. Finchy? Horrible. It certainly wasn't pretty, that is for sure. But the Aussies were dominant. They swept the series. So Ferg, what did you learn?
1: Well, I'll tell you what we did learn. We, we learnt that we've got one for the future in, in Jake Fraser McGurk. I just think he is a natural ball striker of the likes we, we don't see too often come through the system. I think it's fantastic selection to get him into the side this early on when perhaps in bygone eras we might have waited a bit longer. Get him in there and we've seen what he can do.
0: You know him so well and you think we need to take the good with the bad a little bit
2: here. 100%. I think any guy who's such a natural player, they're going to have their good and their bad days. And what makes them so good is their fearless nature, their ability to take the game away from the opposition, play a high-risk game at times. Because when it comes off, you just win the game. It's just that's all right. it. You bank that game, you win it. And when it doesn't, yeah, you have to be prepared to cop that. And, and that's what a, squad, a good squad is able to do. You, you put... Experience around players like that, and you put consistent players around them, just let them go.
0: Is he a perfect replacement for Glenn Maxwell when Maxi finishes up?
1: I think so. Slot him into five or six, bit of that floating role that we've seen Maxi play over the years. That's going to take some games to get him up to speed, but gee whiz, what we've seen so far has been electric. And as we've seen here, look at that strike rate. And we always talk about you throw the, the strike rate together with the average and what number do you end up with? Well, he's through the roof at the moment after two games, albeit, but he's on the right track.
0: So Inglis, Fraser, McGirt get the crack in Canberra and are explosive chasing down that small target. But who should be the full-time new Finch and Warner combo at the top in one-day cricket?
2: Well, obviously Travis Head's locked himself away there for a long, long time. Uh, and I think Cameron Green is a perfect fit for that role. He, he gives so much flexibility in selection of the side. He's also a very good player. But I love the intent that he comes with, with the bat. He comes out and he's ultra aggressive, and I love that. I'd love to see a, uh, almost a contrast with his test match where I think that he's too defensive at times. I'd love to find a, a real good balance there. But I mean, he's a super striker of the ball. Take advantage of the first 10 overs, and I think Josh Inglis is a more versatile player, so he can slot into the middle order. I actually
1: think that approach of batting at the top will help his test cricket quite Mm. naturally. So I love that idea from Finch. You get him up the top and that'll flow into his test cricket.
0: Personality-wise, who's Warner, who's Finch, do you reckon?
1: Neither (laughs) of There'll never be a Warner and Finch combo (laughs) again. There'll never be the same again.
0: Jake Fraser McGurk wasn't the only debutant who set it alight, though. What about Xavier Mm. Bartlett? His figures, he led the series despite playing only two matches with eight wickets. A phenomenal performance. Do you like what you see?
1: absolutely love it. And, and the other thing that was really noticeable from, from the ground, I was calling it on radio and you could see the airspeed of the zip off the wicket. It's flying through to the slips at the moment and, and he's getting late movement. It's not just from the hand. This is swinging late and that's what's drawing so many players into big drives outside the off stump. This guy's got a lot of skill. He's got the ability to swing it into the right-hander as well and away from the left-hander. I love what I'm saying, Finchie.
0: The injury news of Lance Morris, the side strain, could potentially rule him out of the two tests against New Zealand. He's been the backup to Scott Boland, who is the backup to the three main quicks across the summer. Would Xavier Bartlett be a pick, do you think, if Lance Morris is unavailable?
2: Absolutely. I think he's he's ready for it. He's played enough cricket. He's got the, I guess, the, the money in the bank for the amount of overs that he's bowled. Yes, he bowls at the Gabba quite consistently. But I think what he's produced in Big Bash cricket and now in ODI cricket, I think he's got all the goods.
1: I love what I see from him in all conditions at the moment. He's, he's swung the ball on flat wickets. Yeah, when no one else has. That's right. So that's a really good sign that it's not going to be just green wickets that he's yeah. going to be
2: able to produce on. It's going to be flat wickets as well. Th- th- there's also see. a lot of players around the country that, that could come into that role. But I just yeah. think Pick a guy while he's hot, and he's certainly bowling well. Eight wickets in two ODIs to start your career, albeit against a West Indies side that probably you wouldn't rank up there with the top handful in the world, but at the same time, I think uh, he's got all the tools he needs.
0: Holistically, the 50-over format, we came off a cracking World Cup. It mm. set records right across the board. This series, though, as you say, against a West Indies side that wasn't even at that World Cup, so we know that they're not great at the moment. The crowds weren't great. Where do you think the future of 50-over cricket lies, particularly in between those World Cups?
2: I think it goes to 40-overs. I would love to see that. I'd love to see... Uh, like in, in England, they used to have the Pro40, and mm. that was a, a huge competition. And I think there's the games go too long, in my opinion. The, the speed that teams bowl their fifty overs is so slow; it's down around eleven or twelve mm. overs per hour, and that's just that's not acceptable. I don't think so. For me, change it to forty overs, and people will argue that maybe it's a uh, a glorified T20 game, but it's it's about the crowds.
0: Last night was a 25-7 over game. What do you think, 40 overs?
1: I mean,
2: I'm not quite
1: sold on that for every series. I think when you've got the big dogs all playing against each other, I still think the 50-over game's electric and the ebbs and flows are wonderful. But when they're so one-sided, when you've got the West Indies who aren't even in contention, well, they're they're trying to fight their way back into a World Cup um, tournament. Uh, They're so far off the track. I think it, 40 overs might actually suit that type of series. It might bring them closer together. The but isn't that teams. what you want? You, you want it. teams being closer together. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think the 40 overs for their series between the West Indies and Australia makes more sense. I think but he's when agreeing with you. Dogs, you don't I'm need to get defensive you.
0: all the time, Finchie, okay? <laughs> I'm
1: agreeing okay. with you. <laughs>
0: do <laughs> go anywhere around the weekend. These two are going to battle it out over a few things in this particular episode. So much happening in the world of cricket. And up next, Michael Clarke is going to join us to celebrate Jimmy Anderson, the marvel, still going at 41 years of age. That's older than all of us. And we're sitting right here. Don't go anywhere. Another day
2: is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
0: There are only two tests until next summer's all-important five-test series up against India. Those two tests are coming up against New Zealand. And there's a bit of a conundrum for the Aussies. Who should be the next batter up? Matt Renshaw was the reserve batter in the last test of the Aussie summer, but he's coming off a pair of twos in the first Shield game of 2024, averaging just 27 for the season. We bring in Michael Clarke now to around the wicket, the former Aussie skipper, Pup. What do you think about this? Should it be Renshaw as the reserve batter in New Zealand or should it be Bancroft who's leading the way and his average is almost twice as good this season?
3: Yeah, hey, guys. Um, Well, I think traditionally, Australia, if you're picked as the spare batsman uh, through the Australian summer and you don't get an opportunity, you would go on the next tour. So that would tell me they'll stick with Matt Renshaw. But in saying that, he's made no runs. Uh, Bancroft has made a lot of runs, and there's a significant difference in regards to their batting averages this season. I think the other thing the selectors will probably consider and think about is... Matt Renshaw can bat anywhere in the order. He can open if there's an injury. He can bat in the middle order. He can bat at number six. And we've seen that for Queensland, where Cameron Bancroft is more of a specialist opening batsman. So that probably provides them um, that option on tour. But in the same breath, you've got Steve Smith opening. So if you did take Bancroft and he was to play, he would go straight in as the opener and Smithy could bat anywhere from three to six as well. So it's a tough one for the selectors. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised that Renshaw was picked in front of Bancroft as the spare batsman through the Australian summer. So, yeah, it's a big decision.
0: If you were a selector, Finchie, what would you do?
2: Well, my first initial thought was to go Matt Renshaw, purely for what Pup was talking about, the versatility that he brings to be able to bat into the middle order. But like Pup said, Steve Smith can just slot straight back into number four and then you can go with uh, Bancroft at the top if you needed to be. So, yeah, I'm probably leaning towards Bancroft at the moment. I I think runs are key and, and you need to make runs. And if you look at the history of Australian cricket, like my time of growing up watching, so many great players missed the opportunity to play for Australia because they weren't in the right form at the right time. So uh, it could be a hard luck story for Matt Renshaw, but mm. you never know. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a tough discussion and a tough decision.
0: Speaking of tough decisions and tough discussions, Will Pekoski-Pup, he's missed the opening Shield match of 2024 with delayed concussion yet again. What do you think his future is in the game and his test future as well?
3: Look, I feel for him, to be honest, and and, and I hope it is bright. That's what I hope his future is, Um, not only for Victorian cricket, but Australian cricket, extremely talented, very, very good player. And in my opinion, he's probably good enough to play all three formats for Australia, but he needs to be fit. He needs to be healthy. Um, Look, again, I haven't looked at Wills batting closely enough, but if you're getting hit in the head as often as he is, I think he needs to look at his technique. I think now the risk when he does get hit uh, is a lot different to somebody that you know, that hasn't been hit as many times. Uh, I think they're obviously going to take extra caution with all the decisions and uh, put his health and well-being first, which is how it should be. But I think Will needs to work on uh, maybe that prelim movement, find a way to get inside the line, outside the line when he's swaying or duck more. And that might mean putting away the the hook and pull shot, certainly early on in his innings, because I just don't think he can afford to keep getting hit. I know he's got a helmet on, but still – it's doing some damage. Um, he's suffering concussion. So, yeah, look, I think he's a wonderful talent, a very good player, and I want to see him go on and play for Australia. But I think he needs to spend some time working on that technique and avoiding, actually, avoiding getting hit in the helmet.
0: It's a tough one, isn't it, Ferg?
1: Oh, it really is, because health has got to come first at all times. We know that. And, and it's been a really difficult time for Will over the last mm. few years. Having watched him play out the field, playing against him, he's one of the most assured opening batters I've seen in a long, long time through, through a long career of mine anyway. And when he's up and going, he's as good as anyone. But at the moment, we, we can't even get him to play sort of three, four games in a row, which is really dif- – it's a really tough one to select on, particularly if he comes back and makes a lot of runs. It, it makes it really difficult for selectors. I, I'd love to see him get a good run when he gets an opportunity to come back of six, seven games in a row – see how he handles that, see if his technique's up to it. And then once we've found that, that database of, of um, evidence that he can last, then I think that's when we can start looking at him again. But I, I think he's a long way off getting back into an Australian team. Turned
0: 26 last week. Let's hope that it is, as Pop said, a bright future. Speaking of bright futures, what about Russian Ravindra? 240, oh. yes, it's against us. Second 11 almost for South Africa. That was what South Africa chose, by the way, not my wording. Yeah. Um, they're up next for the Aussies. So we've got <laughs> the likes of <laughs> Rattam and Rubeva coming up. But Kane Williamson, two twin or twin tonnes in this opening test up against South Africa. It takes him to 30 and 31 test tonnes, which means that he is in the grouping of Steve Smith as well as Joe Root. And then there's Virat Kohli on 29 right behind them. Putting you on the spot, Pup, Of these modern day greats, who are you picking? Rank Mm -hmm. them in order Smith, Williamson, Root, and Coley.
3: Across all three formats, or just in Test cricket?
0: Just Test cricket.
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm probably putting Steve Smith at the top of the tree. Um, I'm, all, all four are getting in my team. There's no doubt about it. They can bat anywhere they want. I think Kane Williamson's record is <laughs> phenomenal. I think he scored 600s in his last seven, eight, ten bats, something like that. Um, Virat Kohli across all three formats is the best player. But in test cricket, I've probably got Steve Smith number one and then take your pick for two, three, four. Um, Virat Coley will be number one across all three formats if I can only pick one player. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the best i got for you, Nez. I want all four in. <laughs> He's Pop, on the fence.
2: It's a
0: tough on decision, the fence. Though. I want you guys off the fence. Quickly, who would you have in that order? <laughs> yes.
2: oh, Smith at number one for sure. Then Williamson probably number two. I think his, his ability to play all around the world and, and be successful. And then you could flip a coin. I mean, if Virat Coley didn't have to bat on some really ordinary wickets over the last couple of years. I think his numbers would still be in the high 50s as well. So throw a blanket over any of them and they're, they're all pretty good.
0: Fair?
1: Now, spot on. I think Finchy got it right. The, the wickets that Virat's had to deal with over the last few years have been extraordinary. So I think his numbers would push him up past Joe.
0: Extraordinary is a great word for the test series going on right now between England and India. And they don't even have Virat Kohli featuring <laughs> in right. it. Mm. Pup, this one's got you up and about watching on.
3: Yeah, it's been a great series. I love that it's five test matches as well. Uh, England to win that first test was a brilliant win, and they had their opportunities in the second as well, but India showed their class. India had some injuries as well, Uh, and you're right, Virat Kohli not being a part of that Indian team. You'd think now after they've got a victory in the second test, if he comes back in, um, I think India's going to be very tough to beat, but... I tell you, England have played some good cricket. I think their batting individual performances have been exceptional. Um, James Anderson with the ball was phenomenal in that second test match as well on a, a pretty flat batting strip. Not much there for the quick bowlers. And Boomer, what can you say? Um, he's a freak, Boomer. Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. He's skills <laughs> he in conditions that are never conducive for fast bowling. He is a freak.
0: You've faced him a lot. How genuinely tough, terrifying, scary, what word you, would you put to it?
2: Oh, it's just difficult. I think there's the, he's got pace but he's also got the bounce and he can l- lull you into a false sense of security with his run-up. It's just, it's just ambling up to the crease and then he can move the ball both ways. He's got such a beautiful wrist and then uses that Yorker so effectively like we saw to Ollie Pope mm. in that first oh. inning's.
0: And he's basically a white ball cricketer that's come good in test cricket as yeah. well. He, he's almost the bowling version of David Warner. It's been phenomenal to watch it unfold.
1: Oh, it has. And, and his pace hasn't dropped off at all. His his ability to be consistent with a reverse swinging ball is, is extraordinary. You see a lot of bowlers struggle to get it exactly <laughs> online. He doesn't miss. Yeah, he right. gives you no room to move as a batter. <laughs> and it's the late release point. So if you watch a side-on angle of him and where he releases the ball – it's about a foot and a half in front of anyone else, which means you've got less time to react. Yep. He's an extraordinary competitor.
0: And pup, you mentioned that name, Jimmy Anderson. He turns 42 this year now. Not to give any trade secrets away, but he's a year younger than you, and you Crazy. retired nine years ago. He's older than all of us, he and is. we're absolutely hmm. not still playing the game. I never did. How much of a marvel is this man to be a fast bowler at that age? And by the way, he made his Test to boot 21 years ago. Hmm. A couple of his yeah. teammates weren't even born then. <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> yeah, look, phenomenal effort. Um, physical, mental, the demands oh, for a fast bowler are, are more than they are for a batsman. So, yeah, look, I, I think greatness, um, a big part of greatness is longevity, In no matter what you do, and, and he's had that. He's, he's gone through those highs and lows. Yes, he's had some injuries, but to be able to play this, uh, this amount of cricket over that amount of time is phenomenal. Um, Again, I think he showed his class and skill in in that second test match. It's not, you know, there's always, his record in England's crazy, it's out of control, but there's always talk that he can only play in his own backyard, but he continues to show that's not the case. I think he's a significant part of this team as well. Uh, Ben Stokes really likes him, as does Brendan McCullum. They like him being in and around the group, Um, and it doesn't look like he's going to stop. If he keeps bowling the way he bowled in that second test match, He's got a lot more cricket left in him.
0: I love the fact, though, that he says when he walks around the street, people keep congratulating him on a great career because they mix (laughs) up the fact that it was Stuart Broad and not him who (laughs) retired at the end of the Ashes. But from the end of a career to the start of a career, what about Jaswal and the story that he is? If you're unaware of this as an Aussie, because we've covered him quite a bit and seen him up close and personal in the IPL for the last few years, he's just turned 22. By the way, scored 209 with a strike rate of 72 in this Test match. But he moved out of home from a small town at about the age of 10, moved to Mumbai to chase his cricketing dream, basically was homeless, moved into a a local cricket ground with ground staff and lived there and and sold some local delicacies in order just to get by. And now he is a world phenomenon. What a story.
2: Unbelievable story. And he's such a lovely young kid as well. He's so humble that he's got all the talent in the world. and, And I think when you've been through what he's been through, what you've been prepared to do to get to IPL cricket or Randy Trophy and now international cricket, that you don't give that up very easily. And I think just he's got so much skill and so much talent. Watching him in T20 cricket, the way that he just destroys the best bowlers in the world consistently is one thing, but then to do it in a test match, that's just extraordinary and... Love watching him play. I love the way he goes about it. He's always playing with a smile on his face.
0: The epitome of fearless. Just before I let you go, Pup, they've got a break between the second test and the third test. But in a word, who wins this series, do you think?
3: Uh, I think India do. I hope Virat Kohli's fit uh, and available, um, being away on personal reasons. So hopefully he's back. Uh, I think the first two test matches have missed... Virat Kohli to be honest I think he's such a significant player in this Indian team you miss not seeing his name in that batting lineup so I hope for cricket's sake he's back I hope in, uh, England continue to compete hard and it's great cricket but I think India will win the series
0: and Baz McCullum has come out and said, we drop the shoulder and go hard. Cannot wait for the rest of this series. Pup, thanks so much for your time. Don't go anywhere on Around the wicket after this short break. Thanks, We're guys. going to take a look at the World Cup T20 squad. It looks like the Aussies know where they're heading with what they've picked for the Tour of New Zealand. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Around the Wicket. Well, the Aussie selectors have pretty well showed their hand ahead of the T20 World Cup in June this year. This is the squad they've selected for the Tour of New Zealand. Three T20s coming up. You can see there it's very similar to that 2022 World Cup squad that didn't make it all the way and was led by Aaron Finch in 2020. So they've stuck with the veterans there. Finchie, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I think it's a very good squad. Uh, the- the fact that I'm not in there makes the squad even better, I think. Because <laughs> if you throw Travis head in at the top of the order, it's, it's a very, very good squad. He's he's a gun. Uh, I think in 2022, the guys that we saw on the screen there, they, was, they were the best players. I think now they're still the best players. There's an argument to say guys coming out of the Big Bash have had great years and they deserve an opportunity but there's just no spot there at the moment. I think you look at Jake Fraser-McGurk, Matty Short, Xavier Bartlett, Spencer Johnson, these guys that can't quite force their way into the 11. I think it's just reality that the guys in that squad are very, very good players.
0: Mitch Marsh has been named captain as well, despite Pat Cummins returning. So that really shows yep. that it likely is going to be Mitch Marsh being World Cup captain, which is a wonderful story all round, hot off the heels of the AB medal as well. Putting you on the spot, though, is Steve Smith in your best 11? Tell me your 11 for that first game of the World Cup. I
2: probably don't have him in the 11 at the moment and the the reason for that is I think that there's enough batting um, firepower right there in, in the list so I mean I, I would go with Warner and Head, Mitch Marsh, Glenn Maxwell he, he comes back in and then Josh Inglis he's so versatile that he can play the role of um, almost the one that Steve Smith plays but also a finisher as well and then I've got Marcus Stornis and Matt Short in the Caribbean the wickets can can spin a lot as well. So I'd like to have the option of Matt Short there or Marcus Stornis if you feel as though you might need the extra cover with the ball. Tim David, he hasn't been in his greatest form, but the power that he's got is is extraordinary. And then the four four bowlers that uh, I think would make most uh, sides around the world's 11.
0: And you've got Inglis there over the veteran, that is Matty Wade as well, the other big change there from the last World Cup. Of course, there's T20s up against the West Indies first, though a bit of a different squad, but we see the return of David Warner to international cricket. Uh, What are you going to expect from him up against the Windies? He's
1: going to be rejuvenated, he's going to be refreshed, he's going to be ready to go. And, And what we've seen from Davey Warner in big games over a period of time is that he does stand up, he brings the energy, he gives the side a lift out on the field, particularly with the fielding. I think that's where, again, it's going to be so vital to the Australian cause over in the USA and the Caribbean. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a rejuvenated David Warner with plenty of energy to burn.
2: I think the fact that he's now going to get a a real long run of playing T20 cricket is something that he probably hasn't had in the past Mm. as well. So play in the, the big bash for one or two games gone to the ILT20 where he's played a lot of games, goes straight into these games against uh, West Indies, sorry, New Zealand. Is he playing the West Indies once?
0: David Warner. yeah, yep. yep.
2: Sorry, sorry, the yep. West Indies ones. And then he goes to IPL into the World Cup. So he's going to have a lot of T20 cricket under his belt, which is a great sign.
0: Glenn Maxwell, the other big name who will be playing in those two 20 internationals after missing the ODIs. A- another bit of big news that's come out in the last 24 hours, Ricky Ponting has signed a coaching deal with Major League Cricket in the USA. He's uh, going to coach the Washington Freedom in the MLC. You played for the Unicorns. I've always yep. said you're a unicorn, Finchy. <laughs> How big a deal is this and can it be successful? Can cricket be successful in the US?
2: Cricket can be huge in the US. I saw it firsthand last year. We we had really good crowds. The facilities that we played on in Dallas uh, at a purpose-built ground that had been remodelled and and redesigned was unbelievable. Uh, North Carolina, we played in Morrisville. There was some, some really good facilities. The wicket didn't look the best, but it played absolutely fine and, and some of the crowds we got and not just from uh, subcontinental expats who now reside in the US but it was from new fans as well just coming out to see cricket live for the first time so it was a brilliant experience I think it can take off and um, big get getting punted a coach.
0: Yes or no for your US cricket?
2: Absolutely yes
1: uh, and Ricky Ponting Signing on as a coach over there is a huge boom for the competition. I think this is massive and it's only going one way. It
0: (laughs) It (laughs) legitimises it, though, doesn't it? In a big way. Ponta? Ponta signing on for the MLC. Well, don't go anywhere on Around the Wicket because after this short break, we're going to take on the short stuff. And I have a feeling these two are not going to agree. Time to take on the short staff. The Aussie women will play the second ODI tonight up against South Africa. But what about Megan's shoot in game? 200, one for one off a five-over spell. How extraordinary was it?
2: That was unbelievable. I've never seen bowling quite like it. She didn't bowl a bad ball in five overs. She was supported very well in the field as well. And- that's just unheard of in the modern game.
0: We saw Will Sutherland make his debut in the green mm. and gold. Annabelle obviously plays for the women. It poses the question, who's your favourite cricketing siblings?
1: Oh, I think it was the War Brothers, I think, way back in the day. I used to absolutely love watching them play and they're a big part of the reason why I played the
2: game.
0: I can't go past the marshes.
2: Marshes. Yeah. <laughs> marshes. Every day of the week of, to, to have played with Sean and Mitch for so long, it's it's a pleasure and they make you laugh every time you see them. Even if their name pops up on your phone, you know it's going to be funny. Brilliant.
0: Sp- of the game, obstructing the field. Piers Morgan is oh, getting yes. involved. I want the thoughts of, of Ferg and Finchie. <laughs> Under 19s World Cup, it was given out and it caused all sorts of havoc. And then a few days later, in the Shield, we saw an incident. Ferg, what do you think, out or not out?
1: It's all happening. Uh, this is not out for mine. Uh, look, are you if joking? <laughs> if something, no, I'm telling you, mate, this is not out. If if you've got a guy six foot four standing in front of you with a ball, throwing it at you, you're getting into defensive mode very quickly. The rule states. If you're trying to avoid injury,
2: he wasn't not avoiding out. injury. Yeah, he was. He's, he's standing fat, out of his crease. If it hits he's him de- on the big toe, he's in all sorts of trouble. He deliberately stopped the ball hitting the stumps while he's standing out of his crease. That is just out. He's allowed to throw it at him, but he doesn't have to. But he's let the ball it, hit him on the big toe. But he's throwing it at the stumps and he's stopped it and he's out of his crease. That is just out. You've Speaking of defensive
0: so mode, I love this. Finally, what's worse, <laughs> yeah. out, hit, wicket or timed out? Because Angelo oh, no. Matthews, the great Sri Lankan veteran, has done both in the last few months.
2: Oh, I'd have to say timed out because I've, I've been out, hit, wicket before. <laughs> the only upside... Was that I was 172 a world record <laughs> T20 score? <laughs> that was a heart volley outside off the pitch, then. that was a beauty.
0: <laughs> How do you not know where the stumps are when you've already hit a world record?
2: I was just on. <laughs> Nothing else mattered that day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went a I little it. bit deep in my crease trying to slog one. I was, I was trying to get 175 to equal Chris Gales, but didn't make it.
0: It has <laughs> been it. a great fun episode of Around the Wicket. Make sure you join us after the T20 internationals and ahead of the Tour to New Zealand. See you next time.